0: Our message this evening for uh, for Yom Kippur, we'll pick up at uh, where we left off at uh, the 10 days of awe on Zechariah chapter 13. And the last verse that we read, uh, well, I guess before we do that, sorry. Uh, In the 10th day of the seventh month is the day of atonement. You shall do no work on that same day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. From Leviticus 23, verse 27, starting verse 27. And so this day of atonement, this day that God wants to bring us back at one with him in unity together with him. it seen as a day of atonement. Separation, a day of judgment, that those who don't come to the Lord, who don't have that cleansing take place, who don't receive His forgiveness and mercy, who do not forsake their sins, who do not afflict their souls, right? which is more than fasting from food, right? Not just a, doesn't say afflict the body, but afflicting the soul with fasting and prayer. Prayer emphasis on prayer, and not just a prayer. Lord, lay me down, you know, uh, to sleep and, and give me a good night's rest, or whatever how that goes. But Lord. Search me, try me more like King David's prayer. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. A confession of sin, again, that carnal nature, that afflicting of the soul, the afflicting of of our natural inclinations to do wrong. That's why it's easier for us to do wrong than it is for us to do right, because we're born with this nature that naturally leans towards doing wrong. And that's what needs to be afflicted. That's what needs to be forsaken. That's what needs to be rebuked. And the part we play in that is crying out to God, acknowledging our need of his help for that and a confession of the sins. But the work of cleansing and the work of deliverance is his. And the work of making us one with him is his work that he does. And so we left off in Zechariah chapter 13, verse six. One will say to him, what are these wounds in your hands? And he will answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. We won't cover that in depth as we did at the 10 Days of Awe. But it's obviously a prophetic chapter. And going back to when Zechariah lived, Zechariah lived at the time when after Babylon destroyed Jerusalem, and then we go 70 years that we were in Babylon, and then... The you know, Persians came and they allowed under Cyrus to allow us to go back to Jerusalem and start rebuilding the city, rebuilding the temple. And that's when Zechariah is prophesying. So about 2,500 or so years ago. And here he's prophesying one to come that would be wounded in his hands and would be so wounded in the house of his friends Not in battle against some enemy, but among friends, in his own nation, among the people he grew up with, even among those of his followers, his disciples, and Yeshua certainly fits this description, as many messianic prophecies in the book of Zechariah, one of his 12 disciples is the one who turned him over, the high priest, condemning him and turning him over to the Romans and being wounded in his hands, pierced in his hands, in his house of his friends. And as we discussed, it was really us who pierced him. It's our sins that he died for. As that Lord's goat shed for us, his blood sprinkled upon the Ark of the Covenant, cleansing the sanctuary and cleansing us from our sins. It's our sins that wounded him. It's our sins that pierced him. It's our sins that killed him. Verse seven, it says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And we see this in fulfillment of Yeshua as well. The Lord allowed him to be struck down a sword against him. He was cut off for our transgressions, for our iniquities, for our sins. The father, his companion, had to veil himself, hide himself. Yeshua crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Quoting from David, Psalm 22, verse 1. And as he's being cut off, the sword against him, the soldiers coming with Judas, meet him in the garden of Gethsemane with swords against him. The sheep scattered. They ran. His disciples left him. His friends left him. Even though Peter promised, just moments before in, in, in the last Pesach, in the last Passover, as Yeshua revealed to him, one of you will betray me. Peter declared, I won't. I will never, I will go to death with you. Yeshua said, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Peter runs with the other disciples and others that are gathered there. One young man, probably Mark, is grabbed by the soldiers, by his shirt, by his cloth, by his covering. Mark, wanting to get away at all costs, no matter what it took, burst out of his clothing and ran away naked. to save himself. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Yeshua taken and tried for Caiaphas and for Pilate, for Herod, and sentenced to death. And even then his disciples, staying afar off, And in the trials, Peter sneaks his way in and a young lady recognizes him, aren't you one of his disciples? Peter denies him, she asks again, Peter denies him. She asks again and Peter denies him. And the rooster crows twice And then, at his execution, disciples still staying a ways off. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep scattered. How does that represent us? Who are we in that picture? How has our year been? And we've been more like Peter, professing and following, and yet at the same time denying and hiding, boastful, not even knowing our own hearts, not even knowing our own self, not even knowing our own frailties, but under pressure times. When the Lord needs us the most, we're denying him. We're falling asleep when he's asking us to pray, to stay by him and to encourage him, to stand for him and with him. Or are we like Judas, selling him out? Or are we like Pilate, Washing our hands of the whole matter. Not taking any blame, not taking any responsibility. Or again, like Judas, one inflicting pain upon others, even among our brethren and cisterns. Cisterns? Is that right, cisterns? with our words, with our deeds, with our actions, with our inactions. Or are we like Caiaphas in pompous pride, ripping the garments that's not to be ripped in a show of remorse and, and grief when in reality we're gossiping and cutting others down and bringing about their demise. Verse 7 continues, I will turn my hand upon the little one, verse 8, and it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two-thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one-third shall be left in it and I will bring the one-third through the fire, will refine them and test them as gold is tested. All will go through a trying time. All the world is about to go through a trying time. A time of trouble such as the world has never seen. And the majority will not make it through. But even God's people will go through a fire of affliction. I don't know anywhere in the Bible where God's people will get out easy. I don't know any example of that. Everyone has been tried. Everyone has been tested. And so certainly the last generation will be tested beyond measure. But time and time again in history, God has seen his people through. He stood with Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He stood with Moses and the children of Israel and parted the Red Sea at the last moment. He stood by Abraham and provided a ram as he was ready to sacrifice his son. All will be tested, and God will be with us, and He will see us through to the end if we trust in Him and surrender all to Him. And He will give us the ability to endure to the end. One third will be refined and tested as gold is tested, and the dross will be burned off, the dirt will be burned off, the impurities will be burned off, and nothing but the pure gold or the pure silver will remain. And that's what Yom Kippur is about. The afflicting of soul until there is nothing remaining. And the affliction is not so much, and Yeshua's pain was not so much the disciples forsaking him, although that no doubt hurt immensely. It was not so much the being beaten and dragged and whipped. And thorns on his skull and bleeding. Pieces of his flesh ripped out, put upon a rough piece of wood, with his open torn back, being thrust, a pole thrust into a hole with no doubt, exertion and pressure and a thud and a jolt upon his back rubbing against the rough wood. And the piercing in his hands and his feet, none of that compared to the agony of soul of having the sins of the world placed upon him and the separation from the Father. The trial that this world is going to go through will be nothing compared to the agony of soul that we will have if we have not forsaken all and confessed all now. And if we do, we will come out white. He will purify, he will burn it all off, he will burn off the dross, he will burn off the dirt, he will burn off the sin, he will trim the wicks. He will prune the branches and nothing but his glory will be seen. That's what this afflicting of soul is about, this confession, this struggle against sin, this. Not getting off our knees until we have victory in the Lord. Till we're filled with his spirit. Till we're filled with the latter rain. Total power of the Lord. The spirit of grace upon us. Give us victory over sin. Making us victorious in him. That he can crown us with his crown that he can lift us up into heavenly places in him, that he can say, as the next verse says, and they will call on my name and I will answer them and I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. It's this cleansing time it's this purifying time where we will be able to say no other gods before us. That He is both our Lord, He is our Master, He is our Ruler, and He is our God. He and He alone. that we see no one but Him. Nothing but Him. No self remaining. No idol remaining. Nothing more important to Him no house, no car, no plans, no desires, no person. Nothing more important than him. He and he alone is our Lord. He and he alone is our God. And he will say, this is my people that I created, that I formed in, their wo- in the womb, that I brought forth, that I breathed life into, that I died for, whose sins I bore, whose heart I took, the one who I gave my heart to, who received my heart, who received my mind, who received my spirit. Who was born anew. Who became a new creature. In whom all things were made new. Who became my child, became my disciple. Became my follower. Became my people. The people of God. That is who he will see through. That is who he will come back for. The bride dressed in white. The bride without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, without stain. His record books have been cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. And every sin has been blotted out and removed. Nothing but Yeshua's deeds remain. I went through a trying time after a number of friends attacked me, it just really threw me off. Not physically, but verbally. One thing after another. From all sides, I mean, I just was taken so off guard. I couldn't believe it. I was in shock. One person sitting behind me joined in the chorus and I I felt like saying, et tu brutus, you know? (laughs) Just felt like I was being stabbed on all sides. I was just in shock and driving home I was just praying, Lord, what was this all about? And Lord did I bring this on and was there something I did, something I did wrong, something I should have done, should have seen it. I just couldn't believe it. Praying for them, praying for myself, praying for God to reveal things. And a song just was going in my head. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord. I said, Yeah, Lord, draw me nearer to you. I need your comfort. I need your help. I need your strength. I need your encouragement. I need you to hold me. Draw me nearer to you, nearer to you. And my mind would again raced back and forth, praying and to the, to the meeting. And that song just kept on coming through. And I paused and I listened to the song. wasn't on. Audible, wasn't on the radio or CD or anything. It was just coming through my head. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to your precious bleeding side. And it dawned on me the only way we get closer, nearer, nearer, nearer to him is when we enter into his suffering. When we enter into suffering with him, when we enter into rejection with him, and all the world will wander after the beast. Where the Bible describes even family members forsaking family members. Where they will kill us thinking they are doing God's service. trial of affliction, the fire of affliction. That's when we draw closest to God, when we understand his rejection, when we understand his suffering, when we understand the weight that he carried, the love that he had for the lost, the burden that he bore with him, and willing to be cut off for all eternity so that others can be in heaven. Moses entered into that suffering. Moses said, blot my name out. Blot my name out of the book of record for eternity, in the book of life. Blot my name out if that's what it takes those rebels down there building a golden calf, if that's what it takes for them to get into heaven. Those that rejected my leadership, those that have rejected you, you took them out, ten plagues, parting of the Red Sea, manna from heaven, water from a rock. Oh Lord, let them in heaven in place of me. That's what Yeshua did. And as we enter his bleeding side, enter into communion with him, that is when we are nearest to him. That is when we are his people and he, is our God. Are you willing to enter into that suffering? Do you want to draw nearer to him? Do you want to be by his side? To the place where he died. Are you willing to die to self? die to all, die for him, willing to let go of everything. Even as for Isaac, for Abraham to let go of Isaac, what is your most precious idol? What are you holding on to most? Is it to a person? Is it to a spouse? Current spouse or past spouse? Or maybe a hope of a future spouse? Or a child or a parent? or some other loved one, or some thing, some material thing, some job, some career. Let go of all for the Lord. May we say like Job, blessed be the Lord. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Let him have it all that we can stand before him, just in white, just with his covering. And so in a moment when we pray, you're willing to enter into suffering with him, whatever that means. As two of his disciples, John and James, said to him, we want to sit at your right hand and your left hand. And he says, you don't know what that means. Or you will, you'd have to drink the cup with me. Oh, we're willing to drink the cup said, you will drink the cup. Are we willing to drink the cup of suffering with him? And if you are willing, and we can pray together. Lord, draw me nearer to you. I want you to be my God. I want you to be able to say of me, I am your people. And secondly, if the Lord has revealed to you that there have been times where you've denied him, then confess it and receive his forgiveness and receive his mercy. Receive his forgiveness and cleansing. If you have betrayed others as Judas and stabbed others, put a sword into others and in a moment confess it, give it over to the Lord Receive his forgiveness and cleansing. If there have been times where you've seen other people suffering and you've washed your hands of it, not my problem, not my issue. I am free of this issue, this circumstance. and confess that as we are our brother's keepers, receive God's forgiveness, receive his mercy. And may we be like John, who won't leave his side, who will stand there with his mother, will stand close beside him, will follow him to the court hearing, and be counted as his beloved. Whatever area applies to you, let us enter in the presence of the Lord together. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we're thankful for your mercy and your grace. We're thankful for your sacrifice for us. We're thankful that you were wounded in your hands for us, that you were pierced in your side for us. Thank you for bearing our sins and removing them from us. Thank you for being the Lord's sacrifice for us. We claim your righteousness over us. We claim your strength to sustain us and to help us and to give us grace in our times of need now and through the future. Thank you for leading in the past, and we know you will hold us fast and lead us into the future. Thank you for calling us your people. Thank you for being our God. And our Lord, in Yeshua's holy name, amen. Amen.